0: Episode 56. When we last left our heroes at the end of 2007, they were talking some garbage about having two more shows out before the end of the year. Let's rejoin them and see what they have to say. Hey everybody! Welcome back. It is 2008. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everyone. I am Scott.
1: And I am Scott Duarte on this side, Chanel on that side. It's good to be back. It's yes. been a long time. Yes,
0: it's been about a month, <laughs> give or take.
1: Uh, things come
0: up. Yeah, you know, and between that, between the stuff coming up and the holidays and the. Sort of, end of, sort of, some first semester, or not first semester, second semester. First semester for End others, of the academic year. Yes. Uh, we got busy and never got back to stuff, Exactly. So,
1: hi! <laughs> but we're back now to bring you more of, not the same, a new, happier, friendly show. Shinier. With sparkles. And huggies. <laughs> no diapers, though. No diapers, though.
0: All right. So, here we go. And for news, JALT is over. Has been over for quite some time. <laughs>
1: for a couple uh, let's months.
0: see. We got a couple of other things coming up. We have uh, our wonderful trip to Argentina. Woohoo! Buenos Aires uh, at the end of February. So if you are listening from that South American country or will be in it for the
1: ABS conference, ABS uh, conference. Let I don't us know, know the Spanish long
0: title of it. ABS. <laughs> ABS. Um, anyway, so, yeah, if you're going to be around for that, let us know. Uh, we'll hook up and have a drink or whatever. Yeah. And uh, after that, uh, Then the following,
1: month, uh, yeah, almost uh, a full month. Well, yep. a little more than full month because right at the beginning of April, we
0: have TESOL. Yes, in New York City. New York City. Fun, fun place. Yep, so uh, we will be there and uh, we will be trying to organize a night out at the bar.
1: Yeah, at least one.
0: Okay, so uh, if you're going to be at TSOL or if you are currently a resident of New York City, please let us know. And yeah, we'll um, be.
1: Um, well, b- besides having our regular uh, lecture that we're going to be giving, which presentation, not even presentation, a lecture, not a lecture. Yeah, I was um, going to get you, but you got it. <laughs> we'll also be manning the Vidmis uh, Intersection booth. Yes. For and, some time.
0: Um, for a chunk, good chunk pro- of it, probably. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so
0: so uh, one of the two of us will be there. Most likely we'll both be there shooting the crap and exactly. et cetera. So uh, I don't think there's anything major coming up in Japan currently, although the uh, applications for the JALT call presentations, I expect, are coming up soon.
1: I but haven't even... Consider that haven't one. Not about it yet.
0: Yeah, but I'm planning. I'm planning to go to that whether that one does or not. <laughs> <laughs> it remains to be seen. So I have this international flair
1: for, for doing presentations. Yes. None of this stinking in country.
2: Mm,
0: nothing domestic. All right. Uh, uh. On to the good stuff. Under five minutes, believe that.
1: Wow, it's usually, what, 10?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. It's the new year, that's It why. is the new year, shinier, streamlined year.
1: <laughs> streamlined year, that's a nice word. I'm English. English is a living language, right. ever-changing. No, you, you do no, it. No, you do it. You do it. No, you do it. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, you don't have the video. Yeah, no, that's right. Dang, map it. Go. All right, in the studio with us, Tonight, well, it's Today. evening, this evening in the studio, uh, another colleague of ours joins us uh, who recently did a very um, interesting survey and tied that uh, to his class and did a presentation on that at JALT, uh, Professor Michael Sheehan.
0: Yay! How are you doing? I don't have any clapping noise. All I have is a gasp and that doesn't seem quite right. <laughs> Golf clap. Okay. Okay, so why don't
1: you um, first introduce yourself to our listeners by giving us a brief um,
0: a little background. educational Where, background. Yeah. Where'd right. you come from? How'd you get here? All that good stuff.
2: All right. uh, my first teaching job was at NOVA in Japan about six years ago. That's Nova, what got me interested <laughs> in English education. Uh, after finishing one year, then I went to San Francisco State University and got my master's degree in... English with a concentration in TESOL, and uh, taught at San Francisco State University's American Language Institute for two years. And this is my first year at Kansai Gaidai University with these two people right here. Right. For those people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: for SFSU's um, American English... American, American, American Language,
0: Language, Language Institute. Institute. Yeah, that too. Um,
1: are they primarily...
2: Students coming in t- to study there, or what is it? It's an intensive language program for students wanting to gain access to an academic institution, most likely San Francisco State University. But we have students coming, we had students coming into the ALI who were going on to then Berkeley and Stanford and other academic institutions. Stanford.
1: Berkeley. What? They got money. Are those community colleges <laughs> yeah. or something?
0: No, no, those are the rich ones. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay. So so trying to get their grades up, get their skills up for mainstream English courses at
2: university. Okay. Oh. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: And then? And then the future?
0: No, no. And then after ALI you did?
2: I did I got a job at Kansai Gaida University. Woo-hoo. Yeah. it's went straight from the internship and the mentoring type of teacher training program into the thrown real into the fire of <laughs> a assistant professor.
1: Woo-hoo. All right. All right. Well Woo-hoo. congratulations and uh welcome you've been here for now a year.
2: Yeah, for one year.
1: All right.
0: Excellent. So uh tell us about your project.
2: My project was to figure out what was the best way to handle students' use of Japanese during classroom time? As a teacher here at Kanazawa Gaidai University, I teach some of the lower-level classes, and whenever I have instruction, there's lots of students speaking Japanese. They're doing it during instruction. They're doing it during classroom work. They're doing it during group work, pair work. What was that all about? Why did they Cow keep frog. on? Speaking Japanese, even though I threatened them to lower their grade, that didn't stop them. When I pleaded with them that they were wasting their time and their parents' money, that didn't stop them. So I've, I made the decision, what, what would be the best way to handle all the Japanese being spoken in the classroom? So, cool. And
1: it's a common problem, especially with lower-level classes, and especially in uh, monolingual environments, or just all the students share the same native language. It's really something um, that's hard to overcome initially.
0: Yeah. Let me uh, do this. Uh, did, you, did you come across, encounter any of the same problem when you were at ALI?
2: Uh, at the ALI, that's where I was coming from. There was a diverse student population of people from Japan, Korea, Thailand, Taiwan, and China, and Saudi Arabia, and...
0: All in the same class. And so it was difficult to be able to communicate outside. They had to use English as a yeah, and method of communication.
2: and rationale for why you'd want to speak the target language of English was just self-apparent. Right. Right, right there, the person they sitting next the... to you is speaking another language. The only yeah. lingua franca you have is English, is so English. let's do it.
0: Plus, once you get off campus... You're still you're in done. the English
2: yeah. environment, right? Yeah.
0: So in your experiences, I'm pointing at Scott, uh, in your experiences in Morocco and Korea and stuff, what did you find? Um, for Korea, English?
1: it was the same way. Morocco, the students were a little better. They were multilinguists themselves, so oh, all right, all right. Um, they, they wanted to. And Moroccans were some of the best linguists just in the world. And so they, they wanted to do English, and it was pretty um, hardcore. They're, the university was an uh, English-only university anyway, oh. so okay. they knew they needed to gear up. You okay. would have some um, L1, or I guess they're L1B, <laughs> um, but not that much. Okay. But Korea, yeah, it was a problem. Yeah.
0: So, now that you, so you identified the problem, and you're like, all right, I, I got to get a handle on this.
2: Got to get a handle on it, because at Kansai Gaida University, uh, there's year-end or semester-end student evaluations, and the students grade the teacher's curriculum and just overall teaching style. And these student evaluations are a basis for our salary increase. So I need to know exactly what the students wanted from me to be able to make sure I gave them what they wanted to be able to get the salary that I wanted. Yes. That was my motivation.
1: (laughs) And and a very uh, normal, intelligent motivation for (laughs) it to be...
0: Okay. Nothing motivated teacher like money. <laughs> yeah.
1: So how did you come about the survey?
2: Uh, I needed to ask students what they perceived was an effective teacher in handling the use of Japanese in the class. So I came up with a survey of, uh, it was actually about mm, 37 questions that I eventually got translated into Japanese. And the questions ranged from how necessary do you think it is to speak Japanese during classroom instruction? Um, what kind of teacher do you find effective? And what are the reasons why you're using your L1 in the L2 classroom? mm mm-hmm. So where would you like to begin? <laughs> um, what would you like to find out for the results? Well, What, yes. what kind of, yes.
0: What kind of, <laughs> w- let's start with the teacher types. What uh, what teacher types w- did they get to choose from? And or th- did you have laid out? And-
1: A little side note um, for myself, that the listeners won't really get the level, but what level was it?
2: Uh, TOEFL scores of about 450 to 470 and,
1: uh... Okay, what level was it? Level for, 20... For okay. <laughs> 20, 20... 28 and
2: 29? Okay. Level 28 and 29. Yeah. All right, so... And these are
0: students in the intensive language program?
2: No, these are just English... This these English 2. Regular university... Regular university. Uh, English 2 students. Okay, so, so not, second not years. in the honors program. Not in the honors program, uh... General population. General population. That's okay. a good way to describe them. <laughs> they will not be using uh, English after their university education, and they probably
1: won't go study abroad.
2: I have about a total of five students who are studying abroad after this. So okay, there is a possibility mm-hmm. that they could go into uh, an English program. So the the talking about what type of stu- teacher the students prefer, I asked them whether they prefer to teach her who penalizes their L1 use a teacher who ignores it when they use their L1 so they uh... the teacher might hear it but they don't uh... treat it um... a teacher who reminds the students to use their L2 so comes up to the students and go, oh remember this is English class, you want to speak in English uh... the teacher who allows for uh, their Japanese use or their L1 use so Maybe there's a blanket statement at the beginning of the class, like, if you want to use your native language, then that's fine. Uh, a teacher who sympathizes with their Japanese use goes, oh, why don't you just try it in Japanese? That That's good. That sometimes is a helpful strategy. Or a teacher who completely restricts their L1 use says that it's not allowed in English-only policy. And so I did a survey in which I put it on a Likert scale of uh, do you completely agree with this type of teacher, or do you think this teacher is effective, or do you think this teacher is completely ineffective? And oh, I so it wasn't—it
1: wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a multiple choice. Which one did they want? It was all the choices, and then
2: right the in Okay, sure. and then I compared the the ranges. Uh huh. And so the results was. <laughs> well, I got a drum. I got, <laughs> got a drum. drum. my drum? There it is. Alright. The survey said that the the students prefer a teacher who reminds them to switch from their L1 to L2, which makes sense. Yes. The students don't want to have to uh, be aware of what language is necessary for learning, and they want the teacher to be there to remind them. And so... Yeah, it's a lazy student. Yeah, basically, Mm -hmm. basically.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think you would see changes um, in the different uh, ratings when you go up the levels to the higher level students. um, And you might see changes uh, the adverse way when you go to even lower level students. Uh, When I first got here, I had level 41, 42, and 43. And I was very loose with uh, letting them use L1. Whereas now I have 3 and 4, and I don't let them... As soon as they walk in the classroom, I tell them English only. So... And a lot of them want that. Mm-hmm. So it it all... It definitely depends on, on the levels, but, yeah, level 28, 29, I can see that.
2: Well, uh, uh, not... Uh contradictory or anything like that, but my survey Smack did him. include uh-huh. some uh, high-level students in the junior college, uh, the intensive program for the junior college and yeah, uh, an junior IES Yes. No <laughs> the, the, uh, the honors, honors program, program. Uh-huh. and they had similar results that they did really? for a teacher who reminded them, but they also had, along the same level, a teacher who restricts their L1 use, okay. so yeah. So but they're, it's still right up there uh-huh. that they do prefer it. The preferred teacher who restricts them over run. a teacher who ignores their L one use and a teacher who penalizes their L one use. They don't they don't like the penalties, okay. But that's pr- the problem with surveys, you know, if you put the word penalize, of course right. they might, right. you know, yep. automatically say that well, I don't want a penalizing teacher, but that's their perceptions.
1: Right did you
2: um, did you survey teachers? Yes, survey teachers in what type of approaches that they handle uh, l1 use? Most of the teachers here at Kansai Gaidai University they uh, have a reminding approach. they mm-hmm. remind their students and the other number one approach is restricting um, the The least, uh, I surveyed about 27 uh, teachers and about two of them, only two of them said that they had a system of rewarding students when they speak only their L2 in the classroom like with stamps or some sort of stickers or something, Mm -hmm. some sort of point reward system. And then about two of them said that they allow their students to speak their L1 as long as they find it purposeful. But I think that these teachers who allow their students to speak their L1 are bilingual, so then they can hear the students speaking Japanese and then they can check, well, is that purposeful Japanese or not purposeful Japanese? And then they know to go in there and either mm, stop right. it or go, okay, well, that's okay.
1: And so um, taking all this data, how did you change your class?
2: How did I change my class? What
1: were you doing before and what did you move to?
2: Uh, I was ignoring... Their L one use didn't know how to handle it at the beginning of the year. Like Cattle I said, prod. I was you know penalizing
1: uh, <laughs> doesn't work. <laughs> That's just fun. It's not a penalty. That's my <laughs> reward.
2: I, I I was taking the the guilty approach, uh, making them feel guilty about wasting their parents' money, making them feel guilty about. But but most of our yeah, students time. aren't Catholic. I was going to say, uh, did, did that work? No, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up ignoring it. But now I feel a little bit more comfortable just harping on them, reminding them, OK, remember it's English time. Because while I find it I'm maybe uh, enabling their laziness, that's what the students perceive as a effective teacher. So I know that I can do it to be able to make sure that I get the student evaluation scores mm-hmm. that I want.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very intelligent. Very intelligent. <laughs> I will do what it takes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's a game. I'm playing
1: the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you do, Scott, what do you do in your class?
0: Usually just remind. But I kind of fall into the <clears throat> into the, uh, category of where my Japanese is pretty decent. And uh-huh. so I can listen in on their conversations. And if primarily what I do is try to keep their Japanese in class, uh, restricted to um, clarifying statements so mm-hmm. if they didn't understand if I listen to them and they somebody is explaining what I said to somebody else yeah. then I try to limit it to that uh, primarily
2: yeah. so I'm I don't know any Japanese so part of my survey I brainstormed on all the different reasons why a student would want to speak their L1 in the classroom chatting clarification, uh, translation, and then I asked them in the survey how often they did these uh, type of L1 uses, and most of the students said, uh, this is obviously student perceptions, they don't use Japanese just to chat during the class. (laughs) Most of the time... They are using it. They believe that they're using it for a purposeful reason. They're using it to be able to clarify or to mm-hmm. translate one word. Mm-hmm. But that just goes to show you that students probably don't self-check or are not aware right. of how often they speak their L1. Because I also, part of my survey, asked them how at what parts of the classroom instruction do they speak their L1? And... um like, for example, during classroom instruction or group work or pair work. Obviously, they put very often in group work and pair work, but they put almost never in during classroom instruction. But when I'm teaching and I'm up there explaining a key point, almost everybody in the class is, you know, making side comments to each other mm-hmm. and speaking Japanese. They don't even recognize that they're speaking Japanese yeah. during these right, times. Right, they, right. Actually, they, they don't see it. They don't. They well, know. you
1: know, finding out what time everyone's meeting to go to the bar is purposeful uh, for them. <laughs> purposeful so. for me. Yeah. <laughs> so that's okay to use it.
0: Yeah, and actually that was one of the things I was going to ask you about is um, for a follow-up or, you know, I don't know if this is something that you have planned for later or if you've already done it, but, uh, you know, checking and actually gauging students' reaction to this teacher, this type of teacher or that type mm-hmm. of teacher, or uh you know uses of Japanese in the in the classroom um you know at actual numbers mm-hmm. um, have did did you get any of those or uh
2: that or is that, that would, just in the future in the future yeah uh in the future, it would be great to do uh a research project in which I was able to teach two classes that were the same curriculum and the same, almost the same level, and have one strict approach for one class mm-hmm. and one strict approach for another class, and then at the end of the semester, be able to survey them and see what their satisfaction level was, or mm-hmm. uh, just be able to see if there was a difference in
1: yeah the, yeah. the
2: classroom atmosphere, the environment.
1: Do that in a place where your evals aren't, (laughs) (laughs) don't affect your, uh, salary.
2: Wouldn't I be able to petition the university and say, hey, it was in the name of research, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that would give me an extra, um, a couple of mon for, you know, my salary, right?
0: Yeah. And then they'll come back with, no, you're experimenting on the students. You don't get to do that. You're fired. Um, no, yeah, it would be interesting to to see to see that, and and that was one of the other things about the teacher approaches that, uh, you know, they. I think the penalizing approach, I, I don't necessarily agree with with it, um, because I think mm-hmm. I think my main perception is that the L one is still another tool to use to to clarify and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. See, but you disagree. Good. Yeah. Ready? Let's fight. Okay. Um, Let's go. So I, I I consider the L1 a, a tool for clarification and stuff like that. Um and I think it's a value but I it's it you don't build a house and say, ah, you know what? I'm not going to use any claw hammers. I'm only going to use ball peen hammers.
1: I've built a house like that. You would <laughs> <laughs> Is it still standing? No, no I'll I'll agree. For clarifying purposes, yes. And When when you have enough experience teaching any students, you can tell, even if you don't understand the L1, you can tell from body language, from facial expressions, when they are talking uh, for clarification purposes or for classroom discussion purposes, and when they're just shooting the bull. And they're just talking about what they're going to wear tomorrow. No smiling in my class! Basically, basically, um, but for for penalizing like the way that I do it and a bunch of other teachers do it, uh, at the beginning of the year, depending on how high or low level the class is, um, I'll put five through one, five four three two one zero, and I tell them they have five chances, and if they get to zero, then it's just extra homework.
0: I thought it was the meter of death.
1: It was, but. The 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 images were too bloody oh. <laughs> and too small. They couldn't really get to oh, it, but uh, and just carrying that big thing was yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good. So I got lazy, <laughs> and and that worked well. They hardly ever. I think one class out of two or three years got to zero, um, and then at the very end of the whole the the year for my high level class, I was like okay, that's fine. Every single time now, there's no even five chances. Every time I hear someone speaking Japanese, one point off for everyone in the class.
0: And that everyone just everyone in the class. Yeah, dude, you're evil. No they,
1: smiling kid in my class. They never, they never spoke Japanese. And that when they did, speak, I man. when they did, I didn't do anything. Right, right, right. But that was hanging over their head. And, I mean, I'm telling you, these are the, the highest-level students no, but that our, I have. our
2: students aren't Catholic. There's nothing hanging over them, are right?
1: <laughs> they're, 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 they're not Catholic, but they want that good grade. <laughs> that, uh,
2: the meter of death, I think, works a lot in the higher-level classes, but uh, observing one of the teachers here at Kansai Gaidai who had a lower-level class, she was using the meter of death and going to zero every class, and then being completely, what do I do next? Yeah, if you're so, going to make the threat, you need to follow through with right. it. That, it does take a teacher to be able to handle the meter of death. But
1: I think I did use the meter of death um, in levels 41 through 43, which were basically probably TOEFL scores of 2. <laughs> but... Um, And
0: but I gave them ten chances. To you, write your name on the paper. Wrong. They they misspell their name. (laughs)
1: And um, but I gave them ten chances, and I still hardly ever got to zero. Yeah. The
2: the the reason why I decided not to go along with the penalizing approach is that I'm a lazy teacher. I didn't want to do all of the. Counting of the numbers or handling of the situation, what happens if it gets to zero i didn't want to have to hand out any consequences any anything like well, that so
1: <laughs> it it's moving from educator to disciplinarian yeah and it all all depends on what you want i mean I've come from teaching high school in New York and teaching middle school in Houston, where it was more disciplinarian than educator, right. and so I have it in my bones to smack them down. It's the Texas for better upbringing. or for worse. It's the Texas upbringing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but, I mean, I never really follow through with it. Right. Okay. Because I don't want to put myself in that situation if I'm going to make the threat. What to do?
2: Well, the, the reason why uh, I came up with this whole approach is because back at San Francisco State University... Um, I studied about adult education and how in adult education courses, uh, there's lots of immigrant populations who need their L1 strategies to be able to function in the L2 classroom. And if you try to uh, have an English-only policy with adult education, those students are just not going to come back to your class. I would would never, ever
1: do it in adult education.
2: And so in the realm of adult education they were training teachers when is it an appropriate time for the students to speak their L1 and when is it an inappropriate time to speak their L1 and helping students in adult education become aware of their language choices that was type of like an awareness raising type of exercise because that is a a situation that's just right there in front of everybody's faces but none of this research, none of this has been done at academic level, especially at uh, EFL uh, EFL context. Like right? How to handle L1 usage in the L2 classroom? At so this this whole uh, area of research, there's absolutely nothing done. So
1: publish, publish, publish.
2: Right? Yeah. There may be some ideas. Get out there, yeah. and do some <clears throat> research in your own classes to see what works for you, and well, let I'm, me know what I'd works. I'd like
0: to see. I'd like to see actually a little bit more cuz you brought up an interesting point in in that the uh, in the adult education classes that you know the the approach is very very different and you know everybody kind of considers university still pedagogy as opposed to andragogy hmm. as opposed to what andragogy adult education ah. so um but i mean when i think of pedagogy i think primarily primary and secondary so once you're grad once you've graduated from high school you're now an adult <laughs> <laughs> laugh if you will <laughs> I understand that the first year or year or two years of university is a transition stage but i'm i I wonder if more adult education style approaches would be more appropriate for the majority of students, I know not everybody's yes. going to fit into that category yeah, I think so <laughs> are you you're twitching
1: um twitch i think I think a lot of the students still for for as much as they cry, they want freedom, they still want a lot of especially Japanese students authority and rule in their life
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. well i can't I can't argue with that. I had one student' doing this great progressive class, right you know. <laughs> getting away from the textbook the textbook i was using azar mm-hmm. and uh you know away from the textbook and the textbook book was just for extra homework stuff and she's like i want you to go through all of these assignments in class and give us more homework and i'm like no not gonna <laughs> just not gonna happen you don't like it too bad um that was the short version of it. That, it was a much longer drawn out but it was a fight i mean she was not happy with me um, and so, yeah, I see that at the same time. But at the same time, I wonder if uh, you know, just a push in that direction, in in the more adult direction, would work. I know it's not going to push everybody.
1: like out the window direction. That <laughs> works
0: too. But again, you deal with the police and the losing of the job and the going to the jail.
2: <laughs> and the... Uh, I think adult education they really have a grasp on teaching awareness building and just everyday critical thinking skills Mm -hmm. that sometimes gets lost in academics. Yeah. Well I uh, totally agree. And and that's
1: why I wouldn't... I, I disagree with Scott's more adult education techniques at this level, because... But
0: don't you think raising the students' awareness of their use of the L1 and the L2 classroom rather than just right. Then, you know, but say, look, okay, I want you to actually, maybe I'll do that next, for the, my next next year, is have them put a, you know, for themselves, do a little hash mark thing. For every time they use Japanese in the classroom, they have to put a mark and just make them aware of how much they're doing it.
1: Yeah. See, they come become aware when I smack them upside the head. Mm-hmm.
0: No, because you hit no, them too
1: so See, the problem is they don't understand cause and effect yet.
2: So when you smack them, they see it as completely arbitrary or completely non- <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, sometimes it is, but- <laughs>
0: Particularly in your class. <laughs> <laughs> Quit looking at me funny.
1: No, I agree that they need to be aware, but and I think a lot of them are aware. And they know that they're using it and they don't care. Uh,
0: I, d- I don't think they are aware. I I think, yes, they know that they're using it, but I don't think they're aware of how much they're using it. Okay. And so it's the degree thing I think we're disagreeing on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think, well, and after you get yourself a set of numbers for like the first week, and then you say, all right, now I want you to, if you're explaining something, put a mark over here. If you're just shooting the crap, Mm -hmm. shit, put a mark over here and start to actually make them look at, At what they're doing and if they're doing it at the time, then you know, maybe they'll I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if raising awareness would But I think a lot
1: of it you would still have to say, Okay, um whatever your name is, did you put a markdown? And I like it's just Oh oops, okay. Yes.
2: Yeah, you could do it for maybe one class because you got to go on and you got to actually teach something. You got to teach. No, you don't. Grammar. You got to <laughs> teach. You know, some writing skill, reading skill, some something like that, so they can perceive maybe themselves. That's what as I've learning. been doing. there wrong. <laughs> we have to. I teach. don't know. I you don't know. <laughs> it's
0: it's that's an interesting. It's an interesting uh, puzzle.
2: I, I, the first week of classes, I hope to just bring up the topic, get some ideas from the students. And then you just got to put it on the ba- back shelf and just maybe hope that somehow, somewhere, it, they're going to see how much Japanese they're using and how that, if their Japanese is strategic, then it could be helpful for their language learning. If it's completely arbitrary, then it's just got no place in the classroom. Right. Yeah. But there's just not enough time to deal with it. and.
1: Well, at well, the, the beginning. Of the semester, term, year, whatever, however your school is organized, is the right time. And a lot of teachers will put it to a vote to their class. Yeah. How much do you want me to rail on you about using Hmm. your L1? How much do you want me to correct, not correct as in correct your English, but uh, make you aware that you're using and things like that? And then uh, they'll choose and a lot of students will choose the gung-ho method at the beginning right and then you just say look this is what you wanted
0: yeah yeah see that and that's the it's the whole unreliable informant thing that i have the issue with on that because it's like okay yes we chose for you to beat us up every time that every time we Mm -hmm. use japanese but you know we don't actually want that
2: that's because it's (laughs) what's the the quote that i was thinking about throughout the whole research paper is that for every simple question, there is a simple and wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it they're going to give you the one that they can easily understand because yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense to them. They don't understand the... You can use your L1 if it's strategic. They don't understand what strategy is. They don't understand those basic concepts to help guide them. So they're going to choose punishment because that one they can understand. That one's clear, yeah. It's clear. Yeah. Um, So true or not? True or Yeah.
0: Well, and the things that I found, it's like when you give a child the option of choosing their punishment, Mm Mm-hmm. Or, you know, say, all right, this is going to be the thing. This is going to be what you're going to do. If you don't do this, these are the three punishments you can choose from. They almost always take the most severest form.
1: My daughter says, I don't want any of them.
0: Your daughter is your daughter. It's your (laughs) daughter. So that doesn't surprise me at all. However, but if I gave her those options, she probably would choose, but certainly would choose a, a more severe make a more severe choice than she would even with you because Mm -hmm. I'm an outside influence. But people tend to, and I've done it to myself, I've chosen a more severe punishment because I didn't want it to be perceived that I was, you know, I wanted it to be perceived that I was going to be strong and do this whatever it is you're just dumb well Mm. that's what i'm saying everybody's like me Mm -hmm. and so you know generally
2: and then i was the one who always took the less form of punishment like you can either mow the lawn or you can go into your room and sit in your room for an hour and i would choose the hour to go sit in my room and then i would reflect and then always realize how horrible a person I was and stuff like that. Oh, I'd see, go now, into my
0: room and play Legos. Yeah, that's see, what that, I would do. That reflecting part, that was, that's, that's the key. See, I never did that part. I went in. I had a full set of encyclopedias in my room. <laughs> I went in and listened to the Muppets on the record player and read me some encyclopedias.
1: <laughs> okay, time to reel us back in.
0: Back so, in. Um,
1: But th- th- there is no end-all, be-all. No. And no. as... Teachers, as educators, you need to be fluid and just go with, the, um, with what actually more or less makes the students happier right. uh, in the future. For example, I did a little self-evaluations for my class, and they said, you know, we like the English only, but not before the bell rings and after the bell rings. Because I was saying, as soon as you step into my classroom, that's when all L1 ceases. And they wanted to talk to their friends before the bell rings and, you know, okay, fine. I can accept that. That is their time. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that's fine. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. So the, the, the main thrust of the, the research was that students prefer or say they prefer uh, a teacher who's going to remind them and kind of keep nudging them in the right direction.
2: Right. I think they look towards the teacher for some sort of structure it's the teacher's responsibility to choose one approach and be consistent with that approach, Mm -hmm. whether it be reminding them or some sort of English-only policy or uh, uh, allowing them to use it purposefully. Mm -hmm. Just as long as you stay consistent, you're going to have students who will give you good evaluations.
1: Cool. And the easiest way is, again, uh, at the beginning of the year, there's there's lots of different ones that you can get off surveys you can get off the web for learning styles and also language teaching styles mm. and find out what the students want what they expect right
0: and what they're looking for yeah. exactly so thank you very much for coming in today Michael we yeah, appreciate you're it welcome. and uh, let me turn the player down here so people can hear us there we go all right um, so we appreciate you taking the time to come in and uh, thanks yeah
1: you're yeah. welcome. And uh, that'll do it for us for this week. We will try to, uh, I'm not going to make any promises.
0: Uh, we'll, we'll see you soon. <laughs> um, yeah, j- January is going to be a little bit tough as far as uh, what and when and stuff like Grades that. Grades are due and so forth. Yeah, so. And it, it is the end of our semester. So we're, we're going to probably be over the next two, three months a little haphazard as how often we come out. But we will have stuff for you. And uh, keep checking the website. Yes. And uh, hang out in the forums.
1: All right. Take care,
0: everyone. That's it. We are out of here. Have a good one, everybody. Happy New
1: Year.